0: Welcome back to Potadelphia, it's Labor Day, so this episode is uh, for the week of September 3rd, Uh, I am Dave DiOrio, you can find me at Fat Underscore Lobster, and I am joined by two guys who always tag up at second, hey guys, (laughs) hey Dave, say hi to the nice people,
1: hey Dave. Uh, i'm chuck Siders. i'll also introduce myself to the nice people i'm chuck Siders. you can find me at chuck Siders on twitter uh you can find the podcast uh at potadelphia on twitter and i'm gene zelak and you can find me at producer gene on twitter great that valiant effort guys with those intros thanks
0: but yeah we're, we're, we're valiant working effort. on it um you know what let's start this week with the eagles because football is back baby preseason is over Thank that you. That annoying annual Jets game is behind us. Gene, at <laughs> way, for... we won one. Yeah, we, we got off the schneid. We got off the preseason schneid. Gene, you looked awfully excited over there. We what
2: were, are you thinking? We were 40 seconds from being 0-4 in the preseason, by the way. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and if that happens, they take away the Super Bowl trophy.
2: That, that's what I heard. That's why I was nervous.
1: That yep. is a new rule this year, isn't it? Yeah. Tom Brady
2: shows up and takes it back.
0: <laughs> All right, but the big news, we uh, we basically got confirmation that it is going to be Nick Foles Thursday night against the Atlanta Falcons. Oh, and Doug Peterson is not happy about the fact that we know that. <laughs> wait, wait, so tell us about that, Gene. What happened? What went so down? So from
2: what I gathered, it was a national reporter that somehow broke that story, I guess, yesterday. And um, Doug Peterson – now, I, I have to confess I didn't watch the local press conference that I guess was today or yesterday – but I think it was today. From what I understand, he kind of took out his angst on some of the local reporters was very uh, curmudgeony, dug today. And
1: um... well, he he stopped just shy of like calling it fake news. <laughs> right. Like God. he's like, "Well, I'm going to talk like you know." someone I'll ask right off the bat and I, I don't know who uh, about who who's starting to be. It's like it's like oh, I don't know. You're just going to put words in my mouth anyway. I'm not going <laughs> to tell you." And then, like, the guy was like really like dogging him. And it's just like, uh, you're you, I'm not gonna talk to people who put words in my mouth. And then somebody goes, uh, uh Doug, is this for a competitive advantage? It's like, yeah, let's go with that. So, <laughs>
0: so <laughs> we have a mole, there's a mole. In I don't, the, uh, the I don't know what the,
2: what, whether it's a mole or not, but I, I definitely think that people are trying to say that why he's irritated is because he was hoping that Atlanta would have to prepare for two quarterbacks. I don't buy that that was what Atlanta was going to do. Like, I just don't think that that's Atlanta's suddenly like, Oh, what a relief. We can just prepare for Nick Foles. Um, <laughs> I just don't buy that. That was the thing. I think that Doug Peterson is just that sick and tired of the whole situation. Um, it's cause it's literally been basically since after the parade, like the parade stopped. Everybody was like, congratulations. You won the super bowl. When's Carson Wentz going to start? Um, That's basically been the timeline of this whole thing. So I think he's just fed up. I think he's just done. And the nice thing about the game on Thursday is there's going to be less days that he's going to have to hear about it. And then once we have a game on Thursday, we can talk about that. We can stop talking about who's going to start the game on Thursday.
0: But if they lose, it's going to be like white hot. When is Carson Wentz going to come back and save us talk for 10 days?
2: Well, do you think that it has any bearing on how we lose? Like, if if Nick Foles goes out and throws for 350 yards and three touchdowns and we lose in some other fashion that is not Nick Foles' fault, um, maybe that gets tempered. But
1: generally it, it speaking— might the worse, inter- Gene. yeah. Gen- It might be worse, uh, Gene. It might be—Doug, after a Foles performance, how how can go back to Wentz? You know? <laughs> yeah, I think it's going to be a thing until he comes back.
0: Yeah, but we we still don't know that, right? We just know that he's not playing this week. We know right? he's
1: not playing Thursday.
0: Yeah, still Peter King, I'm still looking at that Colts game. Like, I'm thinking, I'm thinking that's the game. Yeah, Peter and, King and, said the same thing. I, I don't say, know you and, you and Peter why, King said the it.
2: same vibe.
0: Who was that, Gene?
2: He, Peter King. That I guess Chuck and I listened to the same podcast because. Um... <laughs> That's you mean Philadelphia? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Cuz that's that was what uh, Peter King had said that he kind of targeted because it looked like it, it's a home game against a team that does not have a I guess he described them as not a strong pass rush um and maybe Frank Reich's not going to go at his knees. I don't know.
0: And I I know we're going to talk about it um that week but didn't didn't Frank Reich throw some shade at at Wentz?
2: I don't remember that. He may have. I don't season. remember hearing what he what he said about
0: there. like being a product of a system or something like that.
2: Well, was I, the system his system?
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm, the ge- you know, I'm the genius. Okay,
2: so he's basically trying to take credit for everything. Like, I think that's what it was. Suck. I don't know. Maybe I'm Philadelphia's going to suck now because I'm not there. Long live the
0: Colts. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. So we have a game Thursday night. What do you? How do you feel about Thursday night games? Is this one different than a normal Thursday? It's got to be, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a huge yeah. advantage, I think. It, oh, for the Eagles? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <sighs> and the Falcons. I mean, for the, just for their season. Like, it's almost, you get an extra, you know, you have all this time to prepare leading up to it. And then, so it's oh, not I like gotcha. you're on a short week.
1: And then you get the 10-day. Yeah, that's a good point. I hadn't really thought about it that way. But, yeah, it's, you know, they spend, you know, all of preseason game planning for, the falcons and then you know they get the extra break to game plan for week 2 um you know me personally as a fan thursday night football's fine um i'm i'm pumped for this game you know it's going to be awesome just to see you know just to begin with the world champion philadelphia eagles and all the various you know ceremonies and sean you know, mendez concert oh is it sean mendez I think that's yeah. yeah. I could pick Sean Mendes We're gonna out. Talk, of the lineup. This is going
0: to be a um a heavy pop culture episode filled with uh lots of uh public figures that I am not really sure who they are. Okay, just as a preview, <laughs> The things we have to come. G- Gene, how you feel about the Thursday night the game? Are you going to be able to watch. I will. I know you, well, work, you work nights.
2: I do, but um, I'm usually done at eight o'clock. I think this is an eight thirty kickoff.
0: Jeez. God, we're gonna be up till like one, one o'clock in the morning. I guess now's a good time to say uh, what our what our schedule looks like um, for these types of games. We usually record on a Sunday night, um, so we have perfect. you know the the post post game reaction for you Monday morning. Uh, we will do a, a, an Eagles only episode uh, Thursday night right
1: after the game uh, for Friday morning. So check your check your feed for that yeah. coming you at ha- you. Did you have to announce it now after hearing that it's like an eight thirty start? <laughs> Yeah, sorry, Chuck. That's why I had to get in it in now so I have you trapped into the internet. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so if I don't, if I don't talk much on Thursday, it's because I'm asleep. <laughs> just, yeah, just.
0: You mean need me to write you a note for work? <laughs> yes, I guess I will. <laughs> Dr. Dave says, Chuck's an insomniac.
2: <laughs> it's a good thing we can record these things from the comfort of our home and not some fancy, smancy studio somewhere in Balakinwood or something.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Damn, that's a
1: the, the, uh, huge advantage that we have. <laughs> it's Like throwing shade on WIP, it's like, <laughs> oh, we don't have to go to Valakinwood. You, we, you all know who I'm talking about.
2: <laughs> wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Know
1: what I mean? Uh, do We want to. All
0: right, so the the birds are favorite. I saw two different lines for this. I saw. Eagles favored by two and a half. I just checked Bovada, and, and it says that we're favored by three. But how do so that's like an even line for this game? Yeah, Are that basically it's
2: feeling... a pick'em, right? Because you get what they say you get two for being at home. Is that I
1: think three? It's three for being at home. Yeah. yeah. Well, they're
2: basically saying it's either a point one way or the other. Maybe that it going to three is telling you where the money's coming in at. I'm not sure.
0: Well, I don't I don't know if it went from two and a half to three. I was checking two different um, two different sources. Oh, so. gotcha, gotcha. But Bavada as of right now has has an Eagles by three. And I, you know, the
2: is there any locally way-
0: now that we locally now that we have gambling, I'm sure a lot of money's coming in on the Eagles, you know, regionally. Is there any way to make this anything
2: but a pick'em at this point? Like is there anything that one team or the other has going on that would tell you that one team should be a much heavier favorite than the other? I, I can't think of anything right off the bat. We we don't have a lot Nick of major. Foles. Right. But I mean, that's not new news. You know what I mean? And Nick Foles was the MVP of the Super Bowl. So I don't I don't you know, that's why I don't think in terms of gambling lines that that's not a huge it's not like Carson Wentz went down in week three. You know, I think that they the way that the lines makers are looking at this is this was the contingency that they were kind of planning for all along.
0: So if Carson was, uh, you know, it leaked yesterday that Carson was
1: going to be the starter
0: on Thursday. What do you think would have happened to that line?
1: I think I think uh Eagles would get a point or two more. I think it's still going to be a would still be a close game. I just think the the confidence level in Carson is higher, you know, having despite having not played for months. Yeah, I mean I guess it would know, be is gambler is our ga- gamblers confidence in Carson. Right, cuz
0: I
2: think then more money would then come in on the Eagles and that's what's going to move the line.
0: Um yeah, I think. Also, think the Eagles have. Um, they're gonna have, see. I don't know how it's gonna go because I feel like each team has a bit of juice behind them for this one. So the Eagles, they're gonna have. You know, we're gonna raise the raise the flag or, or whatever they're gonna do. Right? I mean, they're gonna do something. We're gonna actually
2: see people that are supposed to play on this team show up in their uniforms.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I just mean an emotional, like emotional juice.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, there's going to be—this is going to be the most pomp and circumstance that there's been in an Eagles game maybe ever. Like, it's going to be a massive boost pregame. It's one of those things where you have to see how does that first drive go one way or the other. If we end up having defense out first and they get a big stop, a three and out, that could really carry momentum quickly. If we come out on offense and score a touchdown— we could we could get momentum fast. But the opposite can happen too. If Atlanta is able to kind of fight through all of that emotion and stop us or they come out and score quick on us, things get ugly fast.
0: Yeah, it's been a long time. Like fans have been salivating for this game for a long time now. And I, it's, you know, one of the one of the more difficult tickets um to get these days. So And then Atlanta on the other side of it, they have uh, you know, revenge on their mind. They were one they were a couple inches away from, from, you know, I'm sure in their minds winning the Super Bowl themselves, even though they were a few games away from it.
2: Yeah, Julio Jones gets his feet down, and it's a whole different thing.
0: It, on a play that, you know, he expects he expects to make. I'm sure the entire team expects him to make that play.
1: Yeah, but- I, I think Atlanta, I mean, even coming off of their Super Bowl loss to the Patriots, you know, to go, all right, these guys beat the the Pats when we couldn't. You know, you know, feeling disrespected has always been a great motivator for any team. I mean, hell, the Eagles became underdogs, and that was their whole rallying cry throughout the playoffs. So I, I think Atlanta's gonna come in here tough. And I, I think it's I mean, Gene's been dreading this game for weeks. Um,
2: yeah, since like February 5th.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and I don't, I'm excited for the game. I do don't feel confident that we're going to win.
0: Okay. Well, let's get into that. How, uh, w- w- what's our prediction for this game? We have a prediction. You have a, a prediction against the line. What do you, what do you, what does everyone think?
1: With Atlanta getting the three, I'm taking Atlanta. Um, if we have to predict the game, you know, with no spread, I'm still taking Atlanta. Uh, I hope you know Nick Foles goes in recaptures that Super Bowl magic, but the team's not ready yet. As far as we can tell, throughout the preseason, we haven't seen the real Philadelphia Eagles. I think it's going to take some time for that to come together. And I think if Atlanta comes out and you know goes up fourteen nothing, then that that might be the game. That might be the game. Maybe the second half looks good, and we feel great going into week two. But I, I'm not confident that we win.
2: This is Rocky three, man. This has got Rocky three written all over
0: it.
1: This is the first, the first fight with with Clubber.
2: This, is, well, I think we're in that phase. Not even we're not even there yet. what we're we're in that phase where he's like, you know, we're coming in and and doing that like Brava tour, um, and we're gonna go fight Hulk Hogan or whatever. But Here's the thing that I really feel about this game. This is the first game we're favored in since December, I think. We weren't favored in any game in the playoffs, and we weren't favored in the Super Bowl. So this is the first game that we've been favored in since, like, December of last year. I think that there's going to be a natural sense of confidence. There's going to be a natural high that they're going to come in. The thing is, what I'm nervous about is that that usually wears off very quickly. And I'm afraid, and you know that's this is me, the guy on the side, you know, watching. That my fear is that um, they're going to deal with adversity, and it's they're they're going to have a hard time recovering from it. That they, and I don't think it's necessarily that they've been smelling their own headlines. They've just a lot of them have been hurt, and you don't just walk into a football game ready to go. You don't you don't walk in and just be at Midseason form and i i'm so nervous because so few of these guys have had any reps since february in real competitive games that they're just not they're not ready yet so i see atlanta coming in i actually see atlanta winning by like 10 i think it's going to be i don't think it's going to be good
0: well you guys aren't <laughs> real fans you don't believe you don't believe in nick You don't believe in Doug. I'm just kidding. So intellectually, I I, I feel the same way you guys do. But now that we're getting there, we're getting close now. I'm getting fired up. I think it's all going to happen. It's going to come together. The crowd is going to be freaking ape shit up in there. We're going to have all these pros come in uh, ready to play. I mean, you know, yeah, they haven't taken live snaps in a preseason game, which, you know, whatever stock you put in that, although – we on this show have put a lot of stock in in the past few weeks, me in particular, but I'm going off the rails now. I mean, Jason Peters is a professional. Darren Sproles is a professional. All these guys are gonna come back. They're gonna be amped up. They're ready to go. We're playing prime time. We're gonna be cranking up to Sean Mendez and uh and we're gonna we're gonna pull this one out. It's gonna happen. And the defense is gonna be the one to carry us. That is the thing that I would totally. Buy into it. I do feel like the defense is
2: way ahead of the offense right now.
0: Yeah, if we could just overwhelm them with like eagleness, once they arrive into town, you know, do it. Do what we do.
1: <laughs> Your full Minnesota.
0: All right, so you guys are taking the Falcons. I'm taking the Eagles week one, right? Yep. All right, book it. So around the league, we're gonna do uh, we we'll do a little Pickadelphia on
1: very nice. Good play on words.
0: Thanks. Gene, let's start with your pick from around the league. What are you you looking at?
2: So Carolina plays Dallas this week. And I believe, let me just consult my notes, Dallas is a three-point dog in that game. But I actually like that line. I think that it's basically saying that it's an an even line.
0: Yeah, that game's in Carolina, right? It's in
2: Carolina. They're basically saying it's even. I think Carolina is much better than Dallas. I think that Dallas has got it's I think it's got injuries on both lines and um I don't know who's their wide receiver. Like I don't know who who's who's Des, there's no Des Bryant. There's who's who, their tight end? Gene? I think the guy they wanted to be their tight end plays for us. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I have no I have no idea. Their 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 skill positions other than Ezekiel Elliott and if they get behind quick, he's not going to be able to to do as much as you know, you, you they probably want. So uh, I like Carolina running away in that one. I like to Carolina, like in a blowout. I like Carolina probably be like f- by 14.
1: Yeah. That's a good pick. I like that one. Chuck, what do you got? Uh I have uh Seattle over the Broncos. Uh Seattle's getting three points. I think they're uh, a much better team than the Broncos. So that's where I, that's, my other pick for the week. Uh, I don't have as many details as Gene does, so I like Seattle better. I think they're a good team. They're getting points. That's why I'm picking them. <laughs> well, you can't go. You can't go wrong with that logic. Um, I am looking
0: at the Houston Texans visiting the New England Patriots, and uh, I'm just feeling like the Patriots are going to have one of those years where they want to try to beat everyone by fifty um, <laughs> to prove to prove a point. I mean, if you're putting that much emphasis into a preseason game, I can only imagine how much how badly they want to run it up uh, when the, the the games start to count um, and at home in game one. What better place to do it? So uh, I will take the New England Patriots giving six and a half to the Houston Texans. And the
2: Patriots um, are at home, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. They're the razor.
2: I think that the Texans are going into a buzzsaw here.
1: <laughs> Does anyone call Gillette? The Razor, yeah, I didn't make that up. I, I feel like I've heard that before. You never heard that? I I haven't, I mean, I haven't been paying that close of attention, like to like stadium <laughs> nicknames. No, yeah, I don't, I mean, what's the link? Just well, just, yeah, there the you go. Link is the link. But,
0: but outside of that, I don't know any of them. I can't think of another one off the top of my head, but I'm sure there's a bunch. So, all right, so uh, I have the Patriots. Gene, you are looking at the Carolina Panthers. Panthers over Dallas. And Chuck, you have the Seattle Seahawks. I do. All right, that's it for that's it for Philadelphia. So, um, I guess we
1: have to talk about the Phillies now. But did did we any... cover everything with the Eagles? You we want there... to take it again? Were
2: there... <laughs> were there any surprises about who was left off the? who was cut or anything. I don't from everything I read, nothing jumped out at me. I just didn't know if anybody else saw anything that they were surprised that somebody didn't make the team.
0: I mean, the big one was the Josh Adams cut it.
2: Well, he ended up getting picked up on the practice squad though. I saw him listed as
0: a Yeah, the practice but, team. you know. A lot of people thought he was going to make the team. I mean, we all thought he was going to make the team before preseason started, and then he fumbled a lot.
2: So, who is the fourth running back then? Wendell Smallwood.
0: Mhm. Yeah, we were Team Smallwood, so we uh, we got one right there. We got that one right. We can talk about uh, Brent Selleck.
2: Yeah, let's talk about Brent Selleck. He's a kind of a, becoming a folk hero now. Yeah, so did you read
0: the uh, the open letter?
1: I did. Chuck, you tweeted it, right? I did. Well, no, the Potadelphia account did. It could, could be run by <laughs> any one of us. <laughs> or a social media manager. Or a social media manager. hi. <laughs> <laughs> But the Potadelphia account uh, tweeted it out, and uh, yeah, I read it. It was nice. Um, I I love the move to not sign with Dallas. I love the move to, you know, go out as an eagle, um, even though he's not on the team. And the I guess writing an open letter to the fans is kind of passe, but... <laughs> I, I never stop enjoying it so do, do you think so that, it was nice to see
2: do you think that um there's something that either agents are saying to guys like if you want to get in good on your way out the door send a letter to the to the fans and let them know that like you would rather not play someplace else I just feel like there's been like this this sudden splurge of this sort of sentiment well I guess probably because we just saw it with who do we see it with in baseball? Oh, Jason Worth. Jason Worth said something to the, to the effect of, "I would never play for the Mets." Um, yeah. So I wonder if there is somebody that's in their ear being like, "You want to get and go with the, with the Philly fans? Just tell them you won't play for Dallas, or just tell me you won't play for the Mets, and they'll love you."
0: I, I mean, I don't know. He did have an opportunity to play for some other teams, I, uh, at least according to him. I don't know what offers were out there, but
2: I just got to say, like, partly maybe, especially with Jason Worth, like that guy does not strike me. As, and I like Jason Worth. He doesn't strike me as the type of guy that's like, you know what, I don't want that paycheck.
1: <laughs> Jason Ward well, I mean, is a liar, and you heard it your first. Gene <laughs> and her best friends, and Gene does not trust him.
0: I just think we're going to talk about the players' Tribune later um, today, also. But I, I, I don't know how much of this stuff is actually written by the player. It's. I, I want to
1: say know, something what? nice. They they scribble a few things down. Somebody, you know makes it legible and you know puts out a nice sentiment i mean but it's it's a good thought i i, I didn't expect this to go cynical about <laughs> the, you know, not either, But like I, listen we know we know he didn't mean it and we know he didn't write it so brent
0: i don't, <laughs> no, I don't, I, I don't, I don't think i don't think either of those things i think he did mean it and i think he did write it actually um i don't know i just was reading it and kind of like, all right, I get it. It's fine. I felt like it was more. I don't know. Never mind. I feel like I'm going to say something like I don't. I, it's going to come across that. I don't appreciate what he did when I do. But yeah, I don't know. I guess it's fine. Gene, you, you like Brent Selig? I,
2: I do like Brent Selig. And I didn't mean to make it sound like I don't. Apparently, I don't like Jason Worth, is what we've learned here tonight. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, that's a good transition to baseball if we have to talk
0: about it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, because I don't think I have anything else to talk about the Eagles with, at least here on my notes. We can't delay um, any longer. So Phillies, we're four back of the Braves. Right? And there now. was a point at this
2: week in the week where I was like, "Oh, I can't wait for Sunday. Can't we just record now? We're only two back."
0: <laughs> right?
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Okay. So we <laughs> this week we played the Nationals and then we played the uh, the Cubs. Well, my first my first note here is that we had six errors in six games because I'm tracking that riverboat gene over under and it's, we well, we're on pace. We are on pace for an error a day. As you, as you predicted, it's, it's bad. It's, it's like so bad. Oprah's out there. Like you get, an you get an error and you get an error and
1: you get an error. It's, it's a shit show, man. Yeah. It's, I, I don't even know. I don't even know. It's, uh, we're going to talk about, the the shift later i mean might as well talk about now sure but yeah let's just freestyle at this time yeah throw all the the little nuggets out there yeah the phil's play with no discipline we might as well not either all the dingleberries one by one so (laughs) (laughs) really classing it up really classing it up so no i think i wonder how much the fact that these guys aren't just playing baseball aren't just like doing what they've done their whole lives and being trusted to play their position it affects all these errors because they have, you know, their assignments and they, they shift for like half the players they face and it doesn't seem effective. It doesn't make sense to do for all the players they do it against. So they're out of position and they're second guessing and they don't know what they're supposed to be doing as opposed to just going this is my area of the field. This is what I'm supposed to cover. If the ball comes near me, I go got it and I just make the damn play.
2: You know it helps So helps a team with defense if you actually catch the ball and then throw it to the correct base. Those those things I think are also important to add. It is definitely well, the thing, though, is, Chuck, like, I, I don't think you're really taking this into account. They have cheat sheets that they can use to, like, know when they're supposed to be where they're supposed to be. So all they have to do is take them out of their pocket, look at where they're <laughs> supposed to be, and then go there, and then they would be fine. I don't know why these players aren't using – I mean, there are people that spend a lot of time writing these things <laughs> up, and they really should use them.
0: Okay, so what Gene is referring to <laughs> is Saturday night's game uh against the Cubs. Uh good old Joe West uh called out Austin Davis for having a foreign what is it a foreign item?
2: Yeah, foreign item. Foreign
0: substance? Yeah. I think on foreign object. I wouldn't call <laughs> these a paper. <laughs> an That's the word I was looking for. So he had a foreign object on him. And if Austin uh, Davis which,
2: would have just would... not taken the paper and wrapped it around the ball and rubbed it all over it and then like scrubbed on it, then maybe it would have been fine.
0: Oh, he didn't do that? Oh, that's right. So his foreign object was his ch- defensive card. I guess his is more like a, the hitter's weakness type reference card.
2: Yeah, it probably showed where his like hot and cold zones are. Come on, we've all played like baseball games on PlayStation. You get the hot and cold zones. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Just for throw sure. it so, in the boost.
0: All right. Joe West, uh, upholder of baseball rule or just sort of a dick?
1: Why not both? um he wasn't a letter dick, of the law name.
0: versus flavor
1: or of the law what? oh i thought you said mother-in-law i'm like <laughs> oh man stuff's gonna come out tonight um i think it it felt like the spirit of the law uh major league baseball later clarified that you're allowed to have a cheat sheet so everyone can you know look at a piece of paper and decide how to pitch to a guy you know, he saw it. He said, hey, you got to get rid of it. He didn't toss him from the game. He said it was a gray area. I thought it was fine. Gene, remember your point, because I'm going to go off on a little tangent here. I hate it. I hate it. Wait, what like, do you hate? I, I hate the idea of cheat sheets. I hate like the fact that the fielders and the pitcher will have a cheat sheet to tell them what to do on any given play. It's in a league that you're trying to promote runs that the fact that they're gonna, you know, consult this thing to, you know, shut down plays, to shut down hits. And why do we have managers giving somebody signals? Like, can't they just go, like, why is the catcher giving the the pitcher a signal? Maybe they just go up and go, hey, um we checked the computer you should throw inside on this guy. And just say it. Because you don't have to get a book on somebody, you don't need to, you know, have experience. You don't need to have seen the batter before. Because somebody's going to tell you what to do, and it's irksome. It's it's it was a skill, you know. You talked about a veteran pitcher, you know, having faced this batter before. Well, that that meant something. That meant they knew how to pitch to him. Now it's well, the computer tells you to pitch here. And you can't even be bothered to memorize it before the game or someone to tell you like, all right, the next three guys, here's what you want to do. No, you have to look at a piece of paper. It's it. I don't like the way it's going. I don't like the idea that we're going to try to micromanage the game to such an extent that it takes the human element out of it. And then so much of it's instinctual. So much is, Getting up there, seeing where guys leaning, you know, going like, uh, has he has he been chasing the ball all night? You know, what should I do on this first pitch? Just based on on sense of the game, and the thing with the shift, which it made sense for when you have, you know, your your big hitter when you got your Ryan Howard and go, all right, we're we're going to make him, you know, beat us on the wrong side of the field. You know, go, hey, you got to hit over here in this gap that we're giving you as opposed to, you know, just playing open coverage. That makes sense. But just like playing the odds, going like, well, this guy has a tendency to to hit towards center. We should, you know, cover there or, uh, you know, move the infield in because that's where the tendency is. And it reminds me of blackjack. You know how in blackjack they tell you you have to assume that they got a 10? that you're going to get a 10 because the most common card in the deck you know what's more common than 10 every other card not 10 not 10 not 10 is more common than 10 so to assume the dealer has a 10 is wrong you're playing against the odds but
0: all right i'm going to argue there but go ahead well, keep that, going. That, i don't want to stop you're
1: on a roll you're on a roll keep going well the roll's done but but that that's my we're micromanaging it and go oh this will give us a a two percent chance of being better if the guy hits it where he hits it slightly more often, and it's it just drives me nuts that these guys play the game one way their entire life, and now we're just going to try to overthink it and overmanage.
0: Okay, so a couple of things there. Uh, <laughs> I, <laughs> I I think if if you as a manager of a baseball team can get some you know even if it's incremental advantage uh over a team that's not shifting by shifting um you would be you'd be railroaded by not doing it if it if it could help you don't you think
1: yes i think if it's giving them a competitive advantage then they should do it but, but your it? argument
0: is it's not a competitive advantage to do it no
1: and the Potadelphia account whoever runs it um <laughs> They, they tweeted out something the other day that the Nationals broadcasters uh, brought up that more runs are given up by the Phils in the shift than out of it. It's because like, they're all like we have always, a pretty good sample size. Like always in the shift,
0: though. Yeah, we shift <laughs> for everybody. So, do you would you outlaw the shift if you were the commissioner of baseball? I, I
1: I wouldn't. Um. I, mean, I would, you would, I do would out. I, I, yeah. Because you're the game is
0: suffering right now. What you need is excitement and you're basically like Chris Davis is a useless baseball player right now. And a lot of it has to do with the shift, right? They shift him, And he's not what he used to be. I mean, Ryan Howard got destroyed by the shift. You're taking these stars and watching them before your eyes just become useless commodities. So let me put
2: it to you this way. This is my, this is what I was thinking about today. You know how usually these things trickle down from the top and especially in baseball, it seems, um, what, and Dave, you have kids that are at the right age. If you go next week to your kid's baseball game and your kid's manager puts them in the shift,
1: oh Jesus are you going to go
2: bananas? Because that's, <laughs> that's what's going to happen. Like, We're going to start to see, especially like in these travel ball situations where these people kind kind of take things very competitively seriously. You're going to start to see them try to get that edge. And if, if, you know, that's my point to this is twofold. If kids are starting to do it at 11 and 12, you're going to start to see the kids that are going to develop these skills. So as in the shift won't work. If you're leaving part of the field open. To be hit into. Eventually, the kids that are going to succeed are the ones that are going to be able to beat the shift.
0: You have to wait a whole generation for that,
2: right? Yeah, you do. And I, but that, but that's the thing is, in order for that generation to come up, it's going to have to trickle all the way down. And do we, as a society or as baseball fans, do we have the stomach to tolerate twelve
0: year olds in the shift? Like, that's the real question. <laughs> I mean, I, no, you know, it's. <laughs> If my son's little league coach put these kids in a shift, I don't even know I don't know what I would do i I would be so confused <laughs> I mean I guess it's the way, if that's the way it's gonna go I mean that's the way it's gotta go um yeah, but that's a great point though gene it really is
1: and i i'd I'd be okay with outlawing it to promote offense as opposed to I mean, they're they're not talking about anything crazy in, in baseball, but they constantly are talking about it in hockey of, oh, what are we going to do to upscoring and and talking about changing the size of the nets or decreasing the number of players? If it's outlawing a certain type of defensive you know structure, yeah, that'd be fine. if it's okay. if it's destroying baseball, you know, if it is a big impact on the game, then i'd be fine with outlawing it I, i'm just not certain it is hockey. i mean yeah now we the ryan howard example is a good one but
2: hockey's a good, a good example of this because didn't they kind of do this in hockey didn't they kind of change the rules or just the rules to to to, to the the neutral zone trap didn't they i mean the way that the devils used to run that trap like you can't do that in hockey anymore at least not in the way they used to do it right
1: no you you can't and they they made a lot of changes coming out of the the big lockout, the one where they lost the season. Well, the red getting rid of the red line that. Yeah. Yeah. That's the pass or whatever. Yeah. The red line only being in play for icing really. So that's a huge one actually calling obstruction. Although it's creeping back into the game. Um, you know, the trapezoid that was essentially just to punish, uh, Marty Brodor. um, So, you know, hockey did make a lot of changes there, and it really did open up the game, speed up the game. And So I guess to tie it back
2: in, do you feel like because, I mean, that was playing within the strategy of the game as it was set up, do you feel like if baseball suddenly outlawed, like like required position players to stay within a certain zone of control on defense, do you think suddenly you'd go, well, now you have to throw out 200 years of
0: history because baseball is different? No, no, it's not too late to do this, but you have to do it soon before this becomes the shift era of baseball. Oh, he had four. He had uh, three twenty five. But, oh, but it was in the shift era. So it's really like um, hitting three seventy or something like that. Pre shift era. But, Dave, the shift era started with Ted Williams. Oh, no, stop, Gene.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Thanks. Thank you for your historical article that you sent us today. It was a good read. It was a good read. The shift, the Someone shift should tweet not, that out.
2: Yeah, the shift is just, yeah, we'll have to find out who's got the Twitter handle. and
1: Yeah, and out. <laughs> who has that <clears throat> password? But I actually, have, we all do, technically, I, just so you know. I, I have... sent it to you the day I set it up. <laughs>
2: But I have to I have to say that I was surprised when I read because basically what I'm commenting on is that there was a in the there was a St. Louis um, Cardinals player manager who instituted essentially an old rule that put the shift on Ted Williams. It was and, the
0: Indians Indians manager. Indians. I'm
2: sorry. Yeah, and I'm the one that found the article. Um, but anyway, Some proof I read it. But um, the. Uh, <laughs> The interesting thing was that Ted Williams claimed that it he believes that it shaved 15 points off of his career batting average. And if you were to take the, the math, and I mean, also credit to Ted Williams that he was this good, that he he actually lost 16 points off of his average due to what he considered to be the shift. Now, I mean, they weren't doing it league-wide, it was a small sample, but um, I think that my point being that this is on much older... Thing And I think it's a trend. I really think it's a trendy thing. I think that there's a lot of trends in baseball. I'm not as worried about it as maybe other people because I really believe that in the end what's going to happen is it's too easy to just try and coach people how to hit into that big open space they're leaving for you. I just think that that's what teams are going to get built to have is players that can do that because you can do that at the major league level. You can find players that can do that. They're the ones that will have the jobs. And then the shift will be stupid, and you won't
0: do it anymore. Yeah, but there's a reason that power hitters uh, tend to be the ones who are victimized by this. Um, and and to do that, to have that type of control, you're going to have to sacrifice your power.
2: And, and nobody that's, wants
0: you know, to lose I, home I runs. I cannot, stand, I, I, I cannot stand when I have uh, old school guys sitting behind me at the ballpark saying, Oh, why does this drop down a bunt down the third baseline? I cannot stand that mentality. Yeah, because I, I don't Howard... want I don't want that guy taking the bat out of his hands. I want I want our power hitters hitting for power. If Ryan Howard just bunted up the third baseline, he never would no! have won a
2: National League MVP. That's true. <laughs> And he was slow as shit, so he still would have gotten thrown out, I believe.
0: I right? mean, there's a lot of good – I think there's a lot of good sabermetrics, like analytical stuff like that, like giving up outs. Like you don't want to give up outs. You don't want to take the, the, that kind of power away from these types of players. I think all that stuff is important. That's why I, want, I, don't want, I don't like the shift. I want it gone. But as long as it's legal, we need to try to utilize it to our advantage.
2: Well, look, the Phillies shift all the time. Why aren't they – why don't they have 90 wins? I don't understand. They should be the best. They do all the sabermetrics. Things. You can be in the
0: be. right spot, but if you can't field, you still can't field. <laughs> when Santana's sailing balls to home plate. Yeah, there's I, a lot
2: There's a lot of problems, I think. that The other thing is I feel like Gabe Kapler has no understanding of why players are natural positioned the way they are. Like, he just – and sometimes I don't understand, like, if he, is he really trying to, like – Give us more offense by the way he the way the players that he puts out there, or last night he put Santana at the top of the lineup. Why, oh God. in God's name, is Carlos <laughs> Santana hitting at the top of any lineup? I don't understand that at
0: all. Uh, the only thing I could think of is his on base percentage or his tendency to to take a walk. He actually had a nice game in that uh, it, at the plate, batting in the leadoff spot. Didn't he go to Two for four. Yeah, but didn't we lose like
2: eight to one? Or... <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, they lo- <laughs> they lost, but so we're down two nothing in the first inning of that. Guess this, this is Saturday night's game. We're down two nothing in that inning because of another throwing error uh, that just has people running around the bases with reckless abandon. I, this this brand of baseball sucks. I cannot watch. I cannot watch slot. I, you know what? Don't hit. It's fine. Don't hit. It's great. If you're pitching, you have a bad bullpen. You got a bad bullpen. Whatever. I cannot stand poor decision making and sloppy fielding. It's the worst brand of baseball to watch. I'll go to the little league game and watch it.
1: Yeah, yeah and the and I mean, you talk about the fielding so much and those decision making on the throws and just the awful overthrows. Just how many times have we seen it end up behind the catcher's head, like from half the players on the team? You know, just trying to throw home and miss it. But you Gene, to your
0: point, this is this is another one of these things about Kaplar that ticks me off is this uh, we could just use people, uh, however, without taking like an emotional toll or emotional gauge on w- what it does to a human being and just putting these people in these different positions, plug and play that they're not used to doing. And a perfect example is the goddamn pinch running of oh, Vince Velasquez. Do you want to jump in there, Gene?
2: Yeah, I, I just want to say that the thing that maybe incensed me the most was Kapler's attitude after the game when he was like, Well, Vince was out there trying real hard and he was doing his best. And like, I've been on a coach, like, I've coached baseball. Like, and I will tell you, I was not the manager, but when I was teaching, I, I coached with a, an associate of mine. And I will tell you, things that we went over with like 12 and 13 year olds, and all of them were. How many outs are there in the inning? And to make sure that you look and see the ball get caught before you leave second base. Like, we went over these things with people when they were children. And if you get all the way to the major leagues, there is no way that nobody told you that you have to make sure that the ball is secured before you can leave for third base. Like, I don't buy that his effort is worthy of anything. No, you're an idiot. You're supposed to wait until the ball is caught. And then you tag up and run. Like you just do like that is fundamental. They call it the fundamentals for the reason, for a reason. Like you just, you have to be able to do those things or you are a bad baseball team or you lose games.
0: I I think Velasquez knew that he needed to wait until the ball was caught. But um, I'm totally blaming Gabe for this because He Vince Velasquez is not a situational base runner. He's a goddamn starting pitcher. And he he obviously got caught up in the moment, tried to make something happen. And, you know, Gabe is looking for a pinch runner and he's looking down the bench and he's probably looking at some sort of preseason evaluation that was done on who runs the 40, the fastest. And he said, Vince is the fastest guy I have sitting on the bench right now. Let's put him out there to do it. It's not a video game. The guy has no, doesn't have experience in situational base running. He's trying to make something happen. He's running through a stop sign the third base coach is putting up. There's no need to take that base there, and that's what happens. And this is squarely on Gabe's shoulder, in my opinion. Right, because what happens if –
2: if you run through a, a stop sign when you're 12, you don't play the next day. Like, is there any consequences for these guys when they're making these mistakes so that they don't continue to make them? But the consequence needs to be Gabe's. Gabe needs the consequences. Oh, yeah, no, I know. I mean, obviously, the consequence is that we continue to lose games. And I don't understand how these guys are professional athletes and they keep making these same bonehead mistakes that— You know, I mean, like, there's a reason why I'm not out there in left field. There's a reason why I'm not, you know, trying to to be a situational baseman. Just one reason? (laughs) This is the only reason.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Who's our third base coach anyway? Because that's, I I know the face, I get the blank on the name, but does the guy have a bad stop sign? Like, (laughs) because people just seem to love to, like, try to make it to third when they absolutely shouldn't. What was it? Roman Quinn the other day. Um, uh, What was it today? Today. It was today. It was Sunday's Um, game. Yeah. Yeah. Sunday's game. uh, Great hit. Gets to second. And then let's go to third. Why? Why? Take your double. Take your double. A single probably would have got him home. Oh, come on. Chuck, Uh, the the Cubs got like a whole bunch of triples.
2: Why can't we have some?
0: All right. One more (laughs) thing. One more thing about the Phillies. Uh, Two parter. Uh, Aaron Nola, let's talk Aaron Nola for a minute. Uh, did Aaron Nola today with the eight to one loss um, against Lester? Did Aaron Nola today lose the Cy Young? If he ever had it, did he lose it today? I, I
2: don't think he lost it today, but he needs to come back with a really strong outing
1: in his next. What next was his pitch. line today? Sure his line. Yeah, really I, I don't know what the line is today. I. I don't feel like he ever had the Cy Young. I think he, that momentum was just really starting of like, hey, you know what, maybe Nola's the guy. And then after today, it's going to be hard to make that. Ar- I mean, it shouldn't be hard to make a, that argument. You're allowed to have the occasional bad outing, but it's going to be a harder argument to make. If you're trying to win people over to the the Nola argument, you know, let up what three solo shots, you know. yeah
0: Nola today uh five and two thirds five hits four earned runs two walks and goddamn 11 strikeouts
2: I still don't think that that's an awful line it's no. it's pretty pedestrian but it's not awful it's not it's not this guy can't pitch um if he was getting some offense behind him you know that's maybe a game you still win uh, it's not a great game I mean you can't expect a pitcher to go out I mean very few pitchers can go out and and win you a one nothing game every single. Day, but you you do expect a starting pitcher to keep you in it every day, and I feel like Aaron Nola does keep you in it. He does not completely obliterate your chances to win a game, but I think that more importantly now he has got to get in order if he wants to win that Cy Young, he's got to find a way to twenty wins. He has to.
1: Yeah, and that's uh, since our, since we last recorded two starts, no wins. Was today on short rest? I know they changed around the the rotation to. I think it was not short the, rest. It was they regular a rest, rest, but but yeah.
2: They, yeah, I think he was he was still in the same rhythm.
1: I didn't think it was short rest, but I was kind of trying to tell myself it was. But I mean, it, it, it was a bad game. It wasn't horrible. I, I'm not concerned. It's just so he's got seven starts left. He only needs five they, wins.
0: They, they put a graphic on there. Yeah, he, we'll need five, he needs five wins. He needs five wins.
1: He needs five wins. He's got fifteen. Are the Phils going to get five wins? Ooh, no. sick burn!
0: All right, so last <laughs> last Nola point today. Today we saw um, what was it Nola's Nola's French Quarter fan group section?
2: Oh, they're bringing back the fan groups, eh?
0: Well, it was it was manufactured by the uh, organization. Oh, I hate that. So you had to buy uh, it's uh, well Nola's French Quarter. Uh, you had to buy a promotional ticket from the promotional page, uh, and you got a seat in the uh, the French Quarter, and you got a T-shirt and some uh, and some beads that you didn't have to earn the old-fashioned
1: way.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, actually, I looked it up because of the whole thing there, you know, with Nola. Just I'm so relieved that he's actually from Louisiana. I just thought that yeah, yeah, yeah. i just thought it was like nola? <laughs> nola being the nickname for like new orleans and it's like oh the french spelling of like go fills and you know the yeah. colors and of lsu and mardi gras and i'm like you went man LSU i hope or... it's oh, he did he did so did his brother um According to Wikipedia, when I looked it up today, to make certain <laughs> that he actually like was who's Aaron Nola's brother? Like,
0: am I worried about this guy?
1: Uh, Steve, Steve Nola. <laughs>
0: Can he pitch?
1: <laughs> Can he coach the team? <laughs>
0: Can he field first base? All right, that's it. But I mean, I just reminisced about the time when we had like fan-manufactured fan groups, and yeah. it was so great. And now we kind of have uh, corporate buy a promotional ticket.
2: Well, the guys that are probably <laughs> making those things up are guys that were our age, and and they're, you know they're like, oh, this was cool when I did it. Let's let's do it as an organization.
0: But yeah, this you know, clearly would have been a fan group uh, years before Nola was even as great as he was now. As soon as he came up, we would have glommed on to some sort of Louisiana themed.
1: We bang- we met. We never followed through with our Tomas Perez's Desi Arnez's Babalu but, baby bongos
0: uh, uh, up in there. It was uh, such a great idea. Why didn't we follow through? Idea. We should have Mesa's Messiah's was pretty good though.
2: Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> that one was my favorite that we, that never happened. Yeah, Mesa's faces just didn't make any sense. <laughs> no. And that was the real thing that was, the that, real that was out there. Okay, uh, so uh, Phillies, we haven't won a series since the first week of uh, August when we swept the, the four games against the Marlins. So what's our confidence like right now? I'm not complete, I'm RIP not complete, 2018 Phillies? I'm not completely out because I saw the Braves schedule, and it's not easy. It's rough.
2: They have a rough run too, which keeps us in it. And if we're within three when we go into those two series against them, I still think anything can happen. I'm. I i would not say that I'm anywhere near the confidence level I was at the end of July, but I haven't written anything off yet.
0: We got a. We got a week coming up of
1: uh, Marlins and Mets. You yeah. have to win. You have to like if there's any shot in hell of this team making the postseason, it's what we had six games coming six. up. I think I went five of six. You know, to to sweep any series is a a lot to ask, but you got to take 5 of 6 against these teams or or then then you pack it in. If we don't win at least both series, preferably take 5 of 6, then 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 the season is over.
2: I'd like to be I'd like to dev- I'd love that to get 5 of 6, but more importantly, I feel like you've got to capitalize if the ba- Braves stumble. So what I'd like to see is to be within two games by the end of the week. Like I'd like to pick up two games this week. That's that's my goal.
0: Uh, I we'd be feeling good if that happened. Yeah. Okay, yeah, because the Braves are playing the Red Sox and then they're playing um Diamondbacks. Move on to the Sixers. Woo! Get it some, on. We've got do some it. great Sixers news. Joel Embiid had an article on the Players' Tribune. Did you guys check it out?
2: I read it. I loved it.
1: It was hilarious. Yeah. yeah it was it was my favorite. It was hilarious. Year. Uh everything was advertised to be. And, and <laughs> And it it just really fits his personality, you know. It's just, you know, he probably did not write that thing. I think nobody actually really writes their players' Tribune article. No, I agree
0: with you, but I feel like he definitely had a lot of um,
1: like influence on it. Oh, it was his story. It was his style. Sure. It, it it cracked me up. I loved every minute of it. Yeah, I definitely yeah. think
2: that somebody got in a room with him and, and yeah. got him to tell those things and was able to put those details. I just feel like you don't, without his, it had his footprints and thumbprints all over it.
0: Yeah, I love the, like, just the competitive nature of him. Like, he's such, like, a jovial fellow, um, but he does have that, like, uber competitive side that really speaks to, like, how he how he clings on to Kobe Bryant so much. Like, just Stone Cold Killer.
2: Right. Well, and the fact that I can just imagine his his like giant frame like at a at a Cameroonian playground, like literally yelling Kobe <laughs> <nonstop>. <laughs> like that. Like I'm hoping that somewhere there exists footage of this because that was probably hilarious as there's these much smaller dudes are just like, who is Kobe? Like, what are you doing?
0: I also love the story about how like his parents wouldn't let him play soccer. So he would like sneak out when he was supposed to be doing homework to play soccer and then when his parents came home he would like run in soaked in sweat like he, and he says in the article like he was drenched in sweat from like how hard he was <laughs> how doing he his was homework doing <laughs> <laughs> like I was studying so hard I was perspiring all over the place my other favorite
2: point in that right around that same part of the article it, apparently he had said to his father like dad I'm gonna play basketball I'm gonna go to America and play basketball and he's like why don't you play a weird real sport like volleyball
0: and Joel's is just like <laughs> volleyball he would have been a monster, though. He would have around. been a
2: monster. He would have been a monster at anything he did. He is a monster. He's the, he's the best.
0: That's funny. Chuck, you pulling up videos of uh, white dudes shooting threes? I don't need videos of
1: him, man. I, yeah. <laughs> oh, you do it. <laughs> <Right>. Yeah. <laughs> and there's I really related that article because my brother and I played the most epic game of horse like a month ago, and we just couldn't miss and we were going from downtown the whole time. And I just don't know if it came with age, you know, forties around the corner. It's just like the, you know, a uh, recessive gene, a recessive gene of, you know, shooting threes came out, but like, I guess just old white guys can do it. And I- I'm happy to finally becoming that old white guy.
0: Yeah. So Joel, John Pete says that he learned how to shoot by, uh, going to YouTube and uh, basically doing
1: a search for what did he say white guys shooting threes? Pretty much yeah Maybe not that exact phrasing, but it was like uh, how to shoot you know three pointers, you know three pointers, good form. And they just said like nuts that is, white guys shooting threes.
2: And doesn't he specifically <laughs> give a shout out to JJ Reddick to like say something that like he didn't even know who J. J. Redick was and he like was all over the the search, like JJ Reddick showed up all over? Because I mean, obviously, if you're gonna Google search that when he would have been doing it, JJ Redick's gonna be all over that search.
1: His name does appear in the article, yeah. So
0: Yeah. It was just a really funny I mean, it's a really funny read. Um what is it called it's called uh It's Storytime by Joel Embiid, so, and I feel like I know him it out. Better Kobe than,
2: better than any athlete I think in Philly in a long time. Like I feel like now, if I ran into him at a place, like we could just sit and chat because I feel like we could just talk about what it was like to grow up and yell Kobe in a playground because I know I did that.
0: <laughs> yeah, I like I like how he ends it by saying, "Thank you, random white people."
1: It's about time we got thanked. <laughs> <laughs>
0: You're taking a little piece of that with you, huh?
1: Yeah, yeah, that's good.
0: A <laughs> uh, shocker to uh, Sixers fans everywhere. Um, uh, I have uh, to say, Ben I've been, Simmons I'm, and and what's that? I've been rooting for this for weeks. Ben Simmons and and Kendall Jenner uh, split up. If I had
2: ever gotten in a room with with Ben Simmons, I'd have been like, dude, you got to drop that chick, man. You got to drop that chick. So
0: my first question is, uh, who the hell is Kendall Jenner? She's, well, <laughs> she's she's um uh, a Kardashian, right? A Kardashian. I had yeah, my wife kind of give me a breakdown um today. I said I asked her if she wanted to come on and and explain who Kendall Jenner was <laughs> because I didn't think I could do a very a very good job of
2: it. Do you want to try?
0: Okay, so she is a um, younger sibling of Kim Kardashian. Is yeah, that correct? The, well, Can half, you guys tell if I'm saying accurate information? No, not? you're good. You're good. And. My wife told me that her and um, one of the other sisters kind of started this new vogue uh, trend of having sibling models.
2: Well, like I guess you can, you, you, can like start, you, want... you can start that when your siblings are who her siblings are.
0: I guess so. I guess so. Uh, so her and Ben Simmons broke up because they were just kind of like doing whatever for the summer.
2: Well, that's what, and that's what I heard was that from the way I heard it, and I feel like we're doing like TMZ now.
0: Um, but like so bad at it, but so, so bad. <laughs> and I'm totally fine with us being terrible. <laughs> at this. She, she basically said, hey, "Just looking man, for Sixers news."
2: <laughs> I'm just, I'm just, you know, out having fun, you know, living my life, and I, I'm not taking this Ben Sir- Simmons character like very seriously. Like this is not going to be the one. And you know, I don't know. I I think Ben w- was in love a little, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, it's gonna be, it's <laughs> like, gonna be all twisted about it. I, I don't know. Like visions of
1: Ben, Ben like crying into his beer, watching <laughs> swingers. Like, yeah.
2: Do you think he calls up like Markel and like who does he who does he go to the diner with to like to to like be sad about this with? You know, like he's got to have guys on the team that it's, I sure. think Fultz is definitely in there, right? Like they're boys, right?
0: I'm sure he's got no problem like finding some sort of rebound situation.
1: Just as long like as a AI basketball is love like, reference, just as long as AI is not taking them out to the uh, city line Fridays uh. or any Atlantic City casino. Oh. We don't need
0: AI in any Atlantic City casino anymore. Uh, OK, but there's like some sort of uh, bad, bad luck. Right. When yeah. a NBA player dates a Kardashian relative.
2: Right. Which is why I'm glad that it's over. It needed to end.
0: Yeah. If only okay. because,
2: like, if they stayed together and this contract's come up, well, then Ben's going to California and I can't have that.
0: Yeah, that's true, too. Um, and Kendall Jenner has now been seen with Anwar
1: Hadid. Anything? Who is Anwar Hadid? Great question. I don't know. I think he's a model. <laughs>
0: All right, so that's it for Sixers <laughs> news. News is really stretching
1: I'm that, but your this Sixers
0: podcast is getting a little
2: weird. Your Sixers <laughs> gossip and uh, relationship news. Ben, Ben Simmons. Though, seriously, if you ever like, if you do have some relationship stuff you want you can just call, just tweet Potadelphia, just, and we'll meet you and we'll talk it through.
0: We're like, great with relationship advice. We've been
2: through it. We know how it works. Yeah. Like, just call us. We'll we'll fix it up for you.
0: Yeah, man. All right. So from one Simmons to another Simmons
1: with slightly different spellings and pronunciations,
0: (laughs) depends how much you want to
1: overpronounce these letters. Uh, Flyers update. What do you got Chuck? Really just a conversation that's probably going to be going on most of the season of Wayne Simmons. And will he be here next year? Will he be here throughout the year? And there's just been contract talks and, yeah, Simmons said he wants to stay, and uh, Hextall says we want to keep him. But outside of that, there's no real news there. And unless Simmer's willing to come back on a really team-friendly deal, I, I don't see him here next year. And you know, there was some talk, um, especially in the off at the beginning of the off season. Of well, if you're not going to bring them back, you got to trade them. You can't let an asset like that walk. I completely different disagree with that because I think we're going to be in the position to to be a buyer at trade deadline, and you know Wayne Simmons is the kind of player that you want to pick up for a playoff push. You know he's aggressive player, talented player, um, lots of experience. You want him on your team come playoff time. So yeah, we won't get anything in return, but we don't have to pay anything to to get him for the playoff rush, and and I I think he's gone. I I, I don't think really? he's coming back to the Flyers next year because some team like I I keep wanting to connect him with Calgary. I think he'd look great with the Flames, and they'll give him seven years, seven million, you know, give him a long-term contract, and that that just doesn't make sense for the Flyers.
2: I was going to say, do you think that Wayne Simmons is worth that deal? Like, do you think that the Flyers make a mistake by not locking him up long-term? Or do you think that the Flyers just, they're just not in a position with the assets that they have to be able to pay a guy like Wayne Simmons that kind of money?
1: I I think you'd be paying for past performance with uh, Wayne. I mean, I'd love to keep him for the next four years. You know, I I think a three-year extension would be fantastic. I would he could he could ask for 11 million for three years and I'd say pay him just for what he'll bring in that time period. But the way he plays the game with the net front presence and he's not a big guy like he's tall, but he's he's not thick and he's going to break down. It's just going to happen. So I, I I love him as a player. I think he's a great guy. I think it's good to have on the team. But he he should get paid a lot, you know, and I don't think the Flyers should be the one to pay him. You already have um, a net front presence uh, on the power play in uh, Nolan Patrick taking up those minutes. You have JVR coming in to – they they play a different style of game, but you have a, a goal scorer on the team to replace him, and you have so much young talent in the wings that – he just doesn't make sense to stay here as much as I hate to say it.
0: Carter, Hart, Carter Hartwatch. Uh,
1: they interviewed him on NHL Network uh, that went out. Oh, man, we're really pushing the Twitter feed hard this week. <laughs> on our Twitter feed. Follow us. <laughs> Please, I love I'm God.
0: Philadelphia. It's um,
2: the best Twitter feed in Twitter.
1: Yeah, hands down. Hands down. But he was on uh, NHL Network talking and there seems to be a buzz like he has a shot of making the team yes do not put your money on that i don't think it's gonna happen um i i got into a bit of a argument with somebody on on twitter about uh alex Lyon, and i would like to see him with the the flyers as the backup with like neuvert just permanently on injury, <laughs> uh, injury <laughs> reserve. but And I love Neuvert. I I have a, a print a friend gave of me of Michael Neuvert. I love the guy, um, but uh, he can't stay healthy. So I'd love to see Lion up here and have Hart get the, the bulk of the minutes with the Phantoms. And I think i would be great for the long term. But uh, Carter Hart, watch. Some people are coming to your side, Dave. So... I think you're up a percentage point of likelihood that he'll start the season with the flyers, but it's still pretty unlikely. I like my prospects
0: medium rare. <laughs>
1: <laughs> like Hexie Hexy likes some well done with ketchup.
0: All right. Are we, uh, are we ready to, uh, to put some, put some people into Chuck's penalty box?
1: Uh, I am. So let's get started. Uh, We'll mix it up this week. We'll start with you, Dave. Who's going in the penalty box? Okay, I'm going with the usher uh,
0: from my section in the (laughs) Phillies game last night who was, you know, pretty aggressively telling people to take items off of the ledge. I understand uh, the reason why, for sure, because you don't want stuff falling over uh, to the lower deck, Uh, like your cell phone and um, a basket of cheese fries, stuff like that. So I totally get it. But you don't have to do it so aggressively, like so, I don't know, like prickly. In such a prickly fashion, it's like yelling at people. And then he told the guy behind me uh, that he couldn't stand up uh, to watch a play. Uh, he what? had to sit down because he was uh, impeding the sight line of the Cubs fans behind him. So uh. that guy needs to just go and mind his own business. Let us cheer how we want to cheer. And uh, when you come down and tell somebody to take something off the ledge, be a little bit more like, excuse me, uh, would you mind taking those items off the ledge? It could uh, pose a safety hazard for those
1: below you. would be a, a much kinder way of doing it. All right, so that's uh, two minutes for pushiness uh, on the ushers' behalf. Um, He's lucky not to get the double minor for uh, capitulating to Cubs fans, but only two minutes for pushiness. (laughs) All All right, right. Gene, who is in your penalty box?
2: So I'm going to put John Gruden in the penalty box. Really, it should be like maybe the Oakland Raiders organization as a whole, Um, but to tie it back to our local region, I'm going to – have the face be Chucky? I don't understand the reasoning behind moving your best defensive player to the Bears. Why do you trade Cleo Mack, clearly in the prime of his career? Now they got a pretty decent package, I guess it's 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 all picks, but they're they're giving up picks in the deal as well. But I just don't get. I guess maybe my biggest. Thing with this whole thing is Khalil Mack has basically come out and said they didn't want me, they didn't want me in Oakland. You know, I guess somebody asked him, you know, how's it feel to be going to Chicago? And he's like, it's nice to be wanted. How you have spent (laughs) that time, you've got that guy where he is saying stuff like that. Why would anybody now want to go and sign in Oakland if you feel like that's The kind of stuff that you're going to how you're going to be treated. I don't get that whole situation. The NFL is like doesn't have trades like this for a reason uh, because it doesn't make a ton of sense. Um, So I would put the Oakland Raiders organization in the penalty box for my that's my pick for today.
1: All right. Oakland Raiders are going in since it's the whole team that's going in. (laughs) uh, We're going to call that uh, a bench minor just to Gruden for uh, no love. No love. That's two minutes. No love. Failure to love. I like it. Failure to love. (laughs) All right. And I'm... Yeah, blow that whistle. And I'm putting in the penalty box uh, Major League Baseball's trend for holiday-themed uniforms. Oh. I hate them. It looks like a minor league out there with the promotions and... I like the, what, Stars and Stripes hat. You know, they started that a few years back. That's fine. Then they went with, like, the Stars and Stripes uniform. Okay, stripes whatever. And stripes then socks. the all pink uniform for Mother's Day. And the all blue uniform for Father's Day. Because... Hell yeah, we don't get enough love, man. <laughs> White men. Or <laughs> Wow. picked on <laughs> that's apparently our controversial take tonight um but no it, they do it for every occasion i'm surprised for labor day weekend they don't have you know someone in like work coveralls <laughs> you know oh you're wearing their labor day uniforms you know <laughs> like it it's excessive it's stupid you have a lot of games have have four you know two Three alternates, like the, like the NBA does enough with the hyper themed uh, holidays. So uh, I'm gonna dole out. It's been all minors today. So I'm gonna give out a major for holiday interference. I I lost track. Yeah, five minute major holiday interference. All right. <laughs> I love that, like
0: overalls, uniform. But not really overalls. They just like look like overalls. Oh, all right. I'm really into this now. I need it to happen. <laughs> all right. That's all the time we have for today. Uh, as always, uh, if you didn't hear it enough during the episode, please follow us on Twitter, at uh, Potadelphia. Uh, you can also find us on Facebook. Uh, we are at podadelphia.com. If you want to send us an email, podadelphia podcast at gmail.com. Um, as always, uh, please check out our sister podcast, The Whip Around. Uh, For all of your comedy, strange news needs, I'll be on this week. We're going to be talking about bee infestations, which I don't like bees. So this will be a a good one. All right, everybody. uh, Anybody have any any final words? Happy Labor Day, everybody. Yeah, hell yeah. Happy Labor Day. And we're going to see you Friday morning uh, after the Eagles' victory over the Atlanta Falcons. Have a great day off, everybody.